Hello everyone. Today is April 27th, 2020, and thank you for listening to The Nonconformist, a podcast and newsletter where we expose the truths you've never been told about the markets, news, and life. In today's episode, we're going to take a step back and reflect on the overall economy and events that are taking place with COVID-19 and try to point out how the technocrats or the technologist elites are beginning to control the world. As we move further into a society that is controlled by neo-feudalism, or essentially a world that is of the lords and the ladies and the peasant class, it's important to understand how the technology elites have shaped our world and how they'll continue to shape our world going forward. To view all of our latest episodes, shop our online store, and subscribe to get our podcast sent right to your email inbox, please visit us at our website at thenonconformist.io. That is thenonconformist.io. One more time, thenonconformist.io. You can also find us on Facebook at thenonconformistpc. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You want to know why, how we know, like how unstable the actual financial markets have been? Facts that we're seeing now as history has gone on, indicators looking back in time, just as they write the history books, you know, after history happens, you start to see like the shit that actually existed in the water. And the actual business loans that we're talking about is exactly that. We know that businesses were so overextended, like you and I have been saying, they were so yep. overindebted. This is why we saw the early signs. The last time the Fed tried to raise the interest rate, December 2018, the market slid 20% when that happened. That should have been a sign that they were overextended on loans. Everyone was. And you need to pay back an interest on that loan. And they were so overextended that they could not afford to pay an increasing interest rate. And we've been going down since. And the fact that the the PPP loan and the SBA loans closed out instantly said that that many businesses applied for that stuff, accounts payable. They had to pay people. They couldn't pay them anymore because they were over leveraged, overextended. Credit cards paying for another credit card, bro. That's what they're doing. That's what's going on. And that's what, you know, and it goes back to um, the Federal Reserve purchasing all of these um these certificates, right, from the banks, of, they're pretty much buying all the loans that the banks can't pay. Because the bank said, hey, yes, um, Federal Reserve, please give me more money because companies, corporations need more loans. They need it. If not, they'll collapse. Federal Reserve said, sure, here you go. Here's some, you know, repo, 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 right? And banks started to accumulate all this money and start loaning even more at lower interest rates and with no issues because the Federal Reserve is like, hey, don't worry. If they can't pay it, you're not going to have an issue because we're going to take care of that debt. So this is what we got here. You know, Kaiser's been running Max and Stacey Kaiser. People ask sometimes, who do you listen to other than the if you don't listen to the news? For me personally, I follow the Kaiser Report on YouTube. Shout out to Max and Stacey Kaiser. They've been running a segment for the last two months now, a special called Front Running. 
And what they're talking about is that this elite class, right? We're back into a neo-feudal world, just like when Rockefeller was around, right? The lords and the ladies and the peasants. That's how the charts prove it. Top 0.01% owns the same wealth. Now more because of this incident than the bottom 90%. And front running is about if you're in the club, if you're the king or the lord, and you have access to this information, you know, you're able to front run the market. All everyone knew, everyone knew what was going on. They were looking for these like keywords during a Jerome Powell speech that he would say that would indicate that there's no increase in rates and that it could go down potentially. And that's what they've been talking about lately is that this was front run and it's front running leading into the next election too. And you know, we well, saw we exactly saw the largest right. amount of CEOs leave historically right before this actually happened. There's a lot of CEOs left. They all knew they had the, the mass exodus of CEOs. Trump has been pushing and pushing the Fed to print and print because this is what's going to save his election. I mean, this is why he's trying to open the economy in a way because you open the economy now, you could start figuring out what's where's the issue. Right? Where's the issues? Where does money need to really get pumped temporarily? And while while the Fed continues to do that, then that means that he buys his way more into getting reelected. If the, if it doesn't happen that way, he won't get reelected. And then the next president that comes in, let's say, is a Democrat, then he will come in as a superhero because then the Fed will then do another stimulus package pertaining to what they want. And then they'll just massively print a bunch of money for other reasons, too. So either either way, we're super indebted because they're using the Fed as a tool to stimulate, quote unquote, the economy. But it's all short term. It's all short term, meaning that, you know, if it's short term, what's what short term is going to do, it's going to it's going to float us over. For the next two years, right? If it floats us over for the next two years, and then, in you know, in the middle of that, they're pushing for war because I'm seeing that, right? They're pushing for war right now. Yeah. There's a war footing, and they keep saying it. They're treating the disease as a, as a war footing, but I think they're also preparing for other aspects, right? They're propping up Latin America with this new war on drugs, calling it terrorism in a bit. And then in the Middle East, they've been gunning for Iran, and then they're really pushing towards fighting against China. Mm-hmm. China's preparing. China's preparing for war themselves. So my so yeah, I read uh, two days ago there was they had war games in the South China Sea right now, right? Like so right now, um, they said so. This is what I got from a buddy of mine from China. You said that reelected so that the economy doesn't totally crash up until he does. Then he might use the pretext to go to war to help the economy to bolster it, right? Because then you start providing war bonds, and you know, then you start using the economy into a war. That's what they did in the Great Depression, right? That's how we got out. Right, World people War Two, right? Yeah, people think that we got out of world um, of the depression because of what FDR did with um, the Great Deal and all that shit. But no, the Great Deal provided unemployment. But it never actually um, helped the economy. It just provided ways to provide jobs and some income. But even the income wasn't enough to actually salvage the economy. It was us going into World War 
Two, and not even going into World War Two, is us actually building up an, an, a war economy to provide the supplies that our allies needed that were in the war. So we started to provide all these uh, ammunition, vehicles, jets, all that shit. Well, you know, airplanes. We're going to do the same fucking thing. We're do- that's, that's what they're doing. And if Trump can't do it, then the next president will. The next president will use this to do the same thing. It doesn't matter who fucking wins. At the end of the day, the Fed's going to print unlimited amounts of money. There will be a time period of despair economically. There's going to be a massive amounts of unemployment, and it's already bad. It's fucking huge, right? Amounts of people unemployed. Mm-hmm. We're already getting a large list of um, companies going bankrupt uh, right now. Neiman Marcus, they just, you know, they're saying they're going to go, they're going to, you know, go through the bankruptcy. Are they leveraging these programs, Mike? I haven't seen an update. I, I saw that like schools like Harvard have said now, oh, we'll give back the money that we got through PPP. Or are they? Are any of these businesses? Well, they, here, see, this is what's happening. I see though. what you're trying to say. Like, if they're using it in the meantime, they they got that money, used it for something, and then they're using it to pay it back, whatever, maybe. Well, so they could they were able to take advantage of the PPP program, for example, that's going on yeah. right now, right? We talked about this. Um, or, or Mike, Mike and I have been talking about this in the background. Um, but you know, the PPP program is one of the small business association loans, the federal loans that exist right now, that essentially let you take out um, a, up to two million dollars worth of a loan, and you if you use it on like keeping employees and paying actual wages. And, and, and that, uh, then a hundred percent of it can be forgiven if you apply within the first like five or six months or something. Um, so there's, there's free money there that's available. So the fact that like Harvard would take that loan and their endowment is like what a hundred billions. billions of dollars, right? Like billions. Know, it's just proving right now. And I'm wondering my stepping back in history again, we're, we're seeing again though, that this is widening the wealth gap more. This is the wealth gap was already wide before, right? And this is widening it more. This is, we are moving back into neo-feudalism, neo-feudalism. I'm watching that uh, freaking British TV show right now, um, uh, Downton Abbey. And it's flashbacks of, that's it. That was, the, that was the end of that era. That was the end of the last time that we saw neo-feudalism. Neo-feudalism exists today in the, the tech oligarchs, in the, the, the Zuckerbergs, the Bill Gates, um, the Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, um, yeah, it just shifted the technocrats, the technocracy. Yeah, so you know, this is widening. This is making it even more extreme. Ray Dalio's, we talk about this at least here in Connecticut, has been talking about this a lot. Of you know, and he, even him, he's a part of that class, and you know, the whole philanthropist quote unquote is all you know, kind of BS. But they have at least been publishing stuff, and I'm wondering if it's there so people can read it and actually see. But you know, talking about that actual transition and during these transitionary periods. And um, uh, usually, you know, the people will be hungry at some point and then the people start, you know, with some chaos. So, well, the, we'll, we'll think about it, right? The, techno- the technocrats will come in as saviors because if we, if we had, we're in a cold war right now with China. It's, it's very apparent. China is a superpower when it comes to technology and controlling their population and using it for those means. Right now we have an AI act, a bill that's been passed to actually incorporate um, specific technology that is actually being used in China. 
to even control their population and to pretty much take away rights for that, right? And there, and the United States, the United States looks at it as we need to implement those same AI technologies here in America because if not, China will actually be the leader and their systems will be implemented globally and ours will not. So we need to implement them first and foremost and more so, so that we are in the leading edge. So that would give actual freedom, immunity for the technocrats to actually even gain more power because they are the only ones. It's a monopoly. It's an oligopoly, right? We have Mark Zuckerberg. We have Gates. We have um, Elon Bezos. You have um, Larry Ellison. So this is a group. Larry Page. These are a group. You know, wait, uh, you know what? PayPal yeah, Mafia. Like, they're like, we need, they're like, we need to, we need the surveillance. And then the tech guys are like, all right, we got it. We got it, right? They have the, you have a, a group of people that got it. They have that, you know, and then they got the funding through the CIA, right? You have Incutel just pumping money to happen, to make it happen. So we'll have that. And, you know, obviously this just goes into what we were talking about, man. This is just George Orwell. You know, I, I go back to this is why I believe that, that China, the whole system that they got, mm-hmm. You know, we had Google in there, you know, creating different technologies that their government was using on their people. I think that China was an experiment. Okay. Exploited by the powers that be here in America and the EU, United Nations, to like um, a type of social engineering. Because all the technologies that China has implemented on their people have been actually developed by our companies. When you look at Apple, you look at Google, you look at Amazon, all of the systems they've used, Oracle, they used it there because here you can't use that here in America legally, but you can in China if they allow it. So they were able to troubleshoot and implement these programs. And then China comes and says that, you know, they're gonna they're gonna use it for their own reasons. Google comes and says, hey, you know, we had to do this because if we didn't, somebody else would. That's their reasoning, right? That's, that's a bullshit reason. They use it because they're going to implement it here, and they have been. The same thing with science. They did it with science. You say the revolving like, door went from Washington, D.C. to Wall Street to now Washington, D.C. to Silicon Valley. And by the revolving door, I'm referring to the control, it seems like, right? The truth is it. The open, yep. the open door, the revolving door, back and forth, like, you know, someone from Washington retires and they, they're the executive of some massive pharmaceutical or, or defense. Yeah, you, you know, you walk in Washington, right? You walk in Washington and fucking the FDA comes and says, hey, you know, we need these regulations passed for uh, our uh, pharmaceutical company. If you, you, if you do this for us, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Boom, the person finishes working in the government, then they go work for that pharmaceutical company. And then from there, they finish in that pharmaceutical company, and then they post them somewhere else in Washington. It's like, it's ridiculous, and it goes on all the time. Yeah. And it's happening in, in Silicon Valley as well. You know, it's it's a revolving door. But, you know, with this, you know, we have a new age. We have a new te- technocratic, pseudo-feudalist age coming about to us. And uh, how do we profit in this age? 
Well, we've been talking about this. Well, we have to, you know, we have to, you know, we have to get the crumbs to actually build a cookie. We have to build, we have to take the crumbs from this. And how can, you know, I guess that's where innovators will come about, right? How can we tap into that vein? And then, you know what, in my opinion, then how, where can we go? Do we want to stay in America if it becomes a China? I don't. I want to be free. Where can we go as a, you know, as a nonconformist society, right? Where do people go and where, you know, where, what utopia can we create for ourselves? Cause you know, we need to make money and we need to be financially free. We need to be free completely. What, I don't know what America is going to be. Honestly, let's be real here. What do people want to be chipped? It sounds crazy. Sounds like something out of the Bible, right? But hey, you got patents out there owned by Bill Gates. You have fucking corporations figuring out how to instill this in the system. Digital fucking money, aside from Bitcoin, controlled by the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Come on, man, it's just too obvious. Right now, China has the has a, a QR code that my boy sent me too. And right now, when they lifted the whole um, COVID situation, the ban. Yep. They have this QR code that you have to have on your WeChat. And for you to go anywhere, if you want to check into a hotel, if you want to use a bus, you have a green code, you have a yellow code, and a red code. The green code allows you to go anywhere. So if you want to go check into a hotel, you want to go to another city, you have to show this. And you're allowed to use it. Now, if you come into contact with somebody that has yellow, that means that they probably have the COVID then yours show up yellow. And if you go somewhere and it comes up as yellow, you have to solve quarantine. If it comes up red, you're forced to go to the hospital. <laughs> now, if you're at home and it comes up red, they'll come to you. The cops will come to you and they'll take you. And that's already in China right now, an operation. Dude. Now, they're talking about doing this here in America. In Connecticut, bro. And, bro, in, in no, the States. I just exactly. read a hard- I read a Hartford Current article. You know, it's crazy, too, because they, they spotlighted on the mainstream news um, this morning or yesterday morning. Uh, one of the first tracking drones, police-like drones that flies around and can censor if you actually have a fever or not. They've been testing it in Westport, Connecticut, Westport PD, over the last, like, literally over the last um, two months. And they've just been flying them around the streets. It's ironic that it's in Westport, too, because that's where all the money is in Connecticut. So you probably got some, like, you know, the tech guys hooked up with that department. But Lamont brought up in the Hartford Current the fact that, you know, we we have to know if people are vaccinated or if they've had the antibody test yet. We have to know if they have had it yet. That's the only way we can reopen is if we know that they have had it or they, we know that they have not had it. And it's in a way that's saying, like, this is how it's going to be. There is no decision by the public on this. We will know in order to open back up society who has and who does not have it. And I'm not against any medicine because I'm very supportive. We have been this whole time. We've been reporting this to people now when it wasn't on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie. But the fact that now there's this is coming out with a very authoritative uh, political view and movement, it's a little disturbing. But what he brought up else on the Harper Current is... Um, we so we have to we know we have to know who's vaccinated or not and we can do this via an application in the cell phone he said in the article i remember reading uh he said we can know if you've been self-quarantined 
by the GPS grid of your cell phone at your house. Um, you have an indicator letting you know who's had it and who hasn't. And they were even talking about like, I think Bluetooth, like, you know, if someone else has the app and you're walking like the NFC with phones now, you could pick up so you could be notified if someone has it or doesn't have it. So we're seeing that now, like I here in Connecticut, at least that's what I've read. And, you know, we, we, uh, we tried it where, you know, it's been from my experience, the last year and a half of my life has been very fast paced in the sense that like there's only certain times in history that stuff happens, right? You look at the timeline, like you and I have been to like war zones and shit and conflict, right? You can look at a timeline of a hundred years and you see that there were certain points during that timeline where events were happening and stuff was happening in society. And it wasn't until the last year and a half, because you and I have been following this stuff for two plus years now. Like we've been working together I think, for two years plus now. So we've been talking about this shit forever. Um, that it started to accelerate during this certain pace. And you have to stay informed during this period because look at financially. We've been talking about gold and Bitcoin and Monero and, and stuff and, and trying to get your money safe for months. Last November, we were talking about it. The Dow dumped 40%. You know, you need to be fast on this stuff. So the last year and a half of my life has been fast paced like this. Um, and we're continuing to see this, man. I feel like now we're almost at the point where it is. Uh, not, it's a 9-11. Things will be probably different after this forever. You know, if you're paranoid about all of this, if you're really serious about protecting your uh, your your civil rights, your human rights and all of that, you have to really be fast with what's going on and be prepared for anything and be ready to, you know, be ready to be independent. And that means independent even from the country, because you know what? We talk a lot of shit about China and everything. Oh, China this and Wuhan that. And, you know, they're repressing their society and all that shit. You know what? Conversations I've had with my friends that, that live in China, they're fine with it. Because they've always lived in, a, in, in that world. For 2,000 years, they lived under governance mm -hmm. like that. So to them, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's everything. And you know what? We are criticizing them. But at the same time, you have to go back to, hey, how the fuck does Connecticut has the infrastructure to even implement technologies like that, right? Where did they, did they even test this stuff out? What they have? China has been the playground for all the countries around the world to test their technologies on the people. That's what I'm saying. China has been, that's, look, look at Cuba. Cuba is a communist country, right? ran a certain way and look how we have treated cuba we don't even do commerce with them but china we do we have all free commerce with them wait how long for fucking since um nixon we opened the economy up to china since 1970s but cuba we haven't so it's not about politics or you know civil rights or none of that shit no we wanted to work with china because china is a place where if you got a lot of money and you got a lot of pool, you could go and say, hey, I have this I have this scientific experiment that I want to test in your labs in Wuhan or wherever it is in China. I'll pump this amount of money and I'll share this technology with you if you allow me to do my experiments. This is why there's a lot of conversation with Wuhan, right? 
we, you know, if you're ignorant and you want to follow what the fucking media has to say in the government, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that, that, you know, this is China country that did this to us and all of that shit. It's like, hey, do more research. Wuhan is partially funded by American scientific communities and companies and others in Europe. So a lot of the studies they're doing there, if they're testing different types of coronaviruses and splicing them like they have and there's proof they're, they've been doing it, it's in conjunction with our own companies here in America and scientists, American scientists working over there. Walmart. Walmart. Why are you doing this? I don't mean to interrupt you, Mike, but I, I, I think it's important to know Walmart did just invest $400 million into Wuhan itself, I think, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Um, and I have this, I have this article to, to bring that up too. But yeah, so I think you're right. Yeah. You got retailers, you got technology firms, right? They're all pumping with all the sectors that are here in, in the United States and the Western countries, whatever they are not allowed to do here because of regulation and because they're not a government entity like DARPA, they go into China and then they go and they put the technologies into use and practice, those are beta. China's a beta test to what the United Nations would like to do as a whole. The battleground here is who's going to lead, right? Who's the superpower? Is it America that's going to lead this and, and implement that as a, not as a beta, but as a complete system? Or is it China that's just going to take? That's the battle here. That's what people don't understand. That's the battle. It's not about protecting freedom. If, look, if there's a world war and America wins, that does not mean that the Constitution is going to uphold after the fact. Because the United States already has said it through the different bills that have been passing that they want to implement these technologies amongst our society. Can you see my screen, Mike? Yeah, look at that. All right, so I'm going to bring this up now for even video evidence if we end up doing video as well. Yeah, but we, we, we have sources. to throw this video on So there. Let's, let's, let's get into this then because uh, we've talked about this now, and I want you to elaborate as we look at this Walmart article and talk about foreign investment now into China. But ultimately, we know that crony capitalism started right after Nixon, right? So is this the 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 American snake that slowly slid into the, the, the new, the new land back when the settlers first came, right? Are we now, is this crony capitalism now and in, in foreign investment, just learning off of China, like you're saying, investing in China since the seventies and eighties. And now, um, you know, now look at this, like, uh, it is all about China at the end of the day, but you see here, what's interesting is, uh, still a low result count on, on Google. And we have, uh, you know, the China Daily. So Chinese news are reporting on it. U.S. news outlets aren't really reporting on it. Um, the story it's, also looks it's different. It's not beating high, right? Because yeah. it's not it's not at the forefront of the conversation. So let's see this though here. But I'll just go to that one too. Up in a place and destroying all small business. And Wuhan is its large economy is by is the backbone of small business. So if they're hurt right now, there's a huge vacuum. Walmart is a perfect, you know company to move on onto that right right and then impl- right. And, and then implement technologies to exploit it that's what they do they exploit you know i don't look at walmart or amazon as a savior in this pandemic i look at them as cunning and looking at that you know small businesses cannot serve the way they wanted to because they don't have the infrastructure because the same way right um if we would want to have an alternative to google that is free Actually, you know that, you know, because we know Google has been filtering news. They've been, you know, pretty much they've been 
they don't use freedom of speech because they're a private company. So whatever speech they want to put out there, they can filter out. So if you want to create something like them, fuck you, you can't. Because Google is pretty much in bed with Comcast, AT&T, Fios. They control it. They control it. So, you know, retailers are doing the same thing. When you look at supply chains, UPS, USPS, FedEx are going to work more with Amazon and Walmart than they are with you and I. We are small potatoes to them, right? They own the supply chain. That's just the way it works, right? It's an an oligopoly. Now, look at China, right? Going back to China. China's a place where regulations work towards social engineering, right? Right. So, going back, right? Wuhan. Wuhan's a perfect example of what's going on there with technology and all of that. All this technology has been actually provided by the, you know, all the corporations here. And they're gaining this data. They're taking the data. And then with the data, they're processing it. And they'll come up with a better model and they'll implement it here in the United States. And as time goes on, while COVID is unveiling itself, there might be a second wave. And they keep saying it. It's going to be a second wave. So how do you control a second wave? People are going to be terrorized when there's a second wave. And if it's worse, either the numbers are inflated or not. If they're worse, it's going to cause chaos. The worry here is the chaos. Then that's when they really implement these fucking technologies on us. And once you implement it, you're not going to take that away. Because like you and I know, when we want to go fly into California from New York or Connecticut, we got to go through TSA, and we got to go through body scanners and all that. And that happened after 9-11, and that's never been taken away. Never been, Okay. So whatever rules are, you know, they're not going to be taken away. That's why I love watching the, the drone video with the cops. Ah, yeah, for medical use. Yeah, bro, that's like something you that you see, see on Minority Report. And they're talking about that too, right? Yo, yeah, and I don't, I don't mean to go off topic with this really quick, but it's funny because they do say, you know, in the military you see technology before civilian side. I'm thinking to myself, like, these drones are going to live flying around now in the future no matter what. And I could see, like, you know, yeah. robbers or, or, or just civilians just defending freedom. Uh, well, you know, shooting, gamers? shooting the net guns at them, you know, and then they catch them yeah. down and stuff. And well, this came out of video games back in the 90s. Metal Gear. I used to play Metal Gear Solid. And they used to talk about all of this. And this was in the 90s. It talked about uh, nanomachine viruses, fox dye, which actually hits certain genetic codes in your system. So it would kill off some people, wouldn't kill off others. You had drones that were being used to police people and do surveillance. All of this shit were in video games, right? And they would talk about DARPA and certain technologies. And all that shit has come to fruition now, right? So it's like, is it is it made up science fiction? Well, science fiction is just fiction that has, you know, it's just, um, it's just, science fiction is fiction until it's actually created to be real. And it has been going on more and more and more as time goes on. So what people need to fucking understand is, you know, don't get don't get wrapped around that, you know, China is a separate entity and whatever they're doing won't affect us per se, because it will. Because whatever they're instilling in their society is just a beta test from what our government and our corporations are embedding over there. You know, China isn't really separate from us. It's like they feed each other. It's like they're in a, in a 
love-hate relationship. It's a toxic relationship. They come and screw each other, have fun, and then they hate and talk shit about each other behind each other's back. And that's what they do. Right? And why do they do this? Because they're two super powerful entities that feed off of each other's power. It's like, you know, there's like, they're like vampires. They're feeding off each other and growing and growing in power. That's how China became so powerful, right? Why did China become powerful? Because us, the United States, went over there, opened that economy up, and took advantage of, you know, of the system. And now, you know, and that fed them to us. And that fed upon to them with money. And now they're a superpower. And now we have two that apparently seem like they're enemies, but are they really? Are they really? I like people to actually use their common sense and critical thinking skills to look into it. To look into it. And that's why we're here, to provide guidance, too. Yeah, you know, get blind. When they're talking about, hey, you know, uh, we should do, you know, we should go to war. They're going to say it, man. Everything they're talking about is to prepare people to hate China. Right, and I'm not trying to defend them, so don't freaking like, screw my words. Are you a China sympath- sympathizer or, or, or everything, whatever? No, I just don't like to go to war, and it's not because I'm a chicken shit. Because number one, I've been to war, so I know what happens in war. I'm saying it because we shouldn't be going to war. Number one, we can't afford it. Number two, our society is not prepared for it. We're a weak society, unfortunately. We are. You know, we we're a society that complains about pronouns. Okay, we're not prepared for a gory ass war. All right, especially with a superpower. Three, why go to war? Why we should be going towards peace, not war? Right? We want a happy world. Look at the situation we're in now with the COVID. People should understand that we need to have more love and and live in a happier society so that we could live in peace. And I think people are seeing that this is stressful, right? Look what a pandemic is doing. People are people are under stress. We are a distressed society. The world is super distressed. If we go into a world war, this ain't shit. We're going to wish we were living in a pandemic. Maybe this is why, but the part of it, like maybe this is why this kind of monitoring and censoring is coming. You know, if it's, and this is the, the Dalio, you know, the Dalio point on this is that, uh, is that, you know, the, um, you know, the Chinese. So he says you should have money in China, for example. You sh- and as from an investment point of view, if you don't have money in China, invested in China right now, it's like not investing in the United States of America. If you knew that it was going to become the United States of America, right? Like, right. so I agree, like even uh, ge- geographically. Um, but like, you know, if, if the government has the control over the population through this surveillance and stuff now, maybe it becomes easier to police them up through this transition and stuff. Um, you know, I still have to question yet on whether we see it from a pure like Orwellian, like more like who controls the tech control over the world versus like, you know, is it going to be like, you know, Pearl Harbor all over again type of stuff? I'm, I guess I'm not really I sold Pearl yet. type of stuff. Well, I guess we are seeing the South China Sea. That is actual proof right there. And I think that's where they say you'll see something pop off first if it does, right? Yeah, so you're talking about, like, are we going to see a, uh, are we going to see an Orwellian, like, we're going to ease into the, just that, like, a, a domination of the world power? power. Or yeah. are we going to go into a hot war before the pretext of that? Yeah, like, yeah, more like the tech side. War. Like, are they going to tax us all, like, through technology and stuff? Like, and then now you have, like, tax leads all over the world. Or no, I think we're going to go into a hot war first yeah. because I think there is a battle between who's going to be the leader, 
right? There needs to be one leader because though, you know, having one versus another is great as in, you know, like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, it's great to have that going on. But at the end of the day, if you could have one, just being the, you know, a monopoly is always best. If you could have a monopoly in the world, you don't need to. You just need to to suppress multiples. If you know there's multiple competitors out there, right right now we have a Russia, we have a China, we have a United States, and we have an EU, all, you know, fending for power, then, you know, a China versus America is perfect because now you just consolidate it into two. So there's more power to be spread amongst them instead of just having multiples. Now, though, if you have just one, then that's the ultimate goal of anybody, right? You don't want to share first place. Only you communists want to do that. China's not a, cute, true, a true communist. China's a, is a capitalist. They're just a communist when it comes to, you know, a society. But amongst power, no, they're not. They're, kind of, they're capitalists. Each country is a capitalist country. That's how it is. You know, all of them. Mm-hmm. So seeing, right now, they need a hot war. Yeah. You need it. And we're seeing that signs now, even within the oil markets. I mean, this is, and you're right, historically, you look back at the past thousand years, there, there has been one world power typically during those time periods, and they took it one way or another. And then there was a period of enlightenment, enlightenment, just like there was in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and 80s. It was about the happy period. And, you know, we go back to this neo-feudal cycle now. But oil, and we've talked about this, We one of the first episodes we covered back in the day was on the Saudi crisis, when, the, when we first started to see the breakup in the oil markets um, and the petrodollar now. So we're seeing the currency starting to take its last fall. We're seeing the natural resource starting to transfer hands. We saw uh, futures contracts in oil this past week were negative for the first time ever in history. Um, and from word on the street, at least through our, our belief here at the nonconformists, you know, uh, you know, the, this is the time period where, uh, you know, we'll see who picks sides on world powers. Uh, China's clearly competing for consumption. The thought is that Saudi Arabia, this was kind of their opportunity, right? Um, and we know that Iran, we've sanctioned them 100%. So Iran's another oil producer that's agreed to, to with Russia and China. And will what will we now see happen with oil? Oil being one of the last, I think it's one of the last tipping stones to full conflict in, in, in the fall of the dollar and the reserve currency here. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to see what happens with oil prices because in the United States, it's not profitable. That's why the shale has been such a big joke. It's not profitable. Um, if oil is under like $50 a barrel, it's not, it's why, think of it. Why do we even have that here? We know that it costs so much money to pump oil here. It costs so much just to break even. The reason why we have that system here in the first place is for speculation purposes. Wall street makes billions of dollars just on speculative, uh, you know, numbers. That's the only reason why we even have an industry here in America. People don't understand that it's more profitable as a country to just buy oil off of Saudi Arabia, which is our buddy. Right? It doesn't cost anything to pump oil out, out from Saudi Arabia. It costs money here, though. But where the money is made is not in pumping oil and selling it. No, it's on speculation of it. That's the whole... So, you know, when we pump oil here, we're not pumping oil here to be a world leader and pumping oil. That's just a nice fucking sell to the American people. No, the money is being made in Wall Street on speculation of, of what's going on in the whole industry here in oil that's why right now we have a bunch of bankruptcies in the oil industry here in america because it's too expensive to pump oil it makes no sense it's cheaper to go and buy oil off of opec 
Now you can say, well, we don't want to be dependent off of them, the Middle Eastern countries, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm using the whole, uh, you know, Midwestern voice or whatever it is, right? If people out there, oh, you know, America first. No, that's not how it works, all right? Uh, it's that, that whole America first is just uh, is just a freaking is rhetoric, all right? Because the people in, in Washington and the oil tycoons, they have sweetheart deals with Saudi Arabia, all right? The money that is being used to that Saudi Arabia uses to sell oil is petrol dollars. At the end of the day, we profit off of Saudi Arabia selling oil. Um, you know, the, the system profits off of that. And a lot of that money comes back to us anyway when it comes to purchasing weapons. All right. So that whole thing of like, oh, we're trying to be oil dependent off of the Middle East. That's all bullshit. That's just a story to sell to actually get votes and all of that shit. Okay. So, Mike, we know now, though, we are in an inflationary environment, right? So the currency in the oil companies right now, since the oil is negative and there's no price really to futures contracts, the only way that they make the only way that they launder money, really, because they don't make money, they lose money is through loans through the banks. So we know that, like, in, we're in, in an inflationary environment right now with the currency. It's weird. It's deflationary and inflationary. It's inflationary because we're creating a lot of new money, new currency, right? Um, and we have to like pay oil. We're giving everyone UBI checks, right? That's not normal. That, that when that starts happening, you naturally think like, well, what's ha what's the value of my paper dollar now? Um, but it's also deflationary because of we're removing credit from the system. You know, if someone's not able to pay back a loan, that's the illusion, and we talked about this on the Nonconformist, um, uh, is that. Uh, the illusion of money is credit, right? And I think the founding fathers even said that because it's considered the same concept, but it's not the same thing. So when a bank can't or a business can't pay back a loan, it's almost like removing money from the money supply instantly, instantly. It just goes away. And then the mirage disappears. And then people realize how much paper currency is actually left because those are we live in a credit based, a debt based system. So there's two forms of currency. And then there's real issues, right? So like, um, we know that now that we're, we're, we're in this inflation, but again, we're still in an inflationary uh, environment. Um, you know, we've talked well, about what's gold. What's different is that we're in a globalist environment, right? We, you know, it's hard to, it, that's what they're trying to balance out, right? The deflation inflation, because, you know, we have, we have um, services that we provide that might cost a certain amount down the line, right? Because of deflation. So things could go up in price, but at the same time, you know, we're trying to balance to, you know, goods and, and services and imports and exports because, you know, even when you make a car, right, you could assemble it here in America, but steel and all that comes from China. So there's all of that's in the mix. That's never been seen before in other periods of uh, in, in, in the supply chain, right? Back in the 70s, we had massive inflation, but even the global economy wasn't the way it was now. You know, a lot of cars were made in the 70s with, American steel, things like that, you know, so if inflation kicked in, it was, it was easier to actually decipher why we have infl inflation. Now you have so much going on in there. It's really hard to actually figure out if we're going to have massive inflation first or massive deflation first, and then it's going to flip flop, right? Mm hmm that's where we're trying to figure it out. So would you say people need advice on how to navigate that water? I want to I'm trying I want to start talking about the website too here. We like, need to figure out people, how to navigate what's going to happen first and how to navigate that. Yeah. 
they got to know. And we've been talking about metals, though. So we've been talking about gold. We've been talking about crypto. During this entire time, like the assets we've been trying to tell people about to actually get in on have gone up in value. Meanwhile, they're, they've lost 40% of the stock market. And also the, the money they're holding right now is losing value, right? So we've given this advice to people. I want, I'm trying to make the point to people that like, um, we have a new website open and like we provide a lot of value in this. We actually know what we're talking about. And, um, you know, one of the things we've actually been talking about is how to preserve and grow your wealth during these time periods, exactly what is in our mission statement. Um, one of, so the nonconformist.io, I think we Mike, we should maybe start talking about that too. I want to get that in before I forget. Um, cause I'm super excited. We launched this new platform. Um, and a part of it, you know, we're going to run uh, an actual membership program. So one of the actual, the deal is, uh, it's a newsletter and, uh, the value that you're going to get out of that newsletter is information on how to actually grow your wealth. Uh, we're going to have crypto news in there. So I'm going to be given more Bitcoin knowledge. People that know me person personally know that, um, I'm quite forward on that industry. Um, I'll, I'm even too willing to trade, uh, uh, you know, trade signals and everything like that. Um, you know, it's not financial advice. None of it is. Um, but I think, uh, you know, based on my knowledge now, I can help people really uh, do well in that area if they want to do that. A part of it is ex extended content too, Mike. Like you and I uh, both have quite a bit of information and knowledge on this. And, um, you know, people need a way to navigate that. And we're going to keep giving them content like this for free. But if they want to subscribe to the extended newsletter and they want to have access to uh, a private Discord chat where you can talk to us personally, uh, I'm in that too. I'll consider, I'll see how I can do it uh, legally. But I'll get you some trade signals for crypto so you can see exactly what I'm thinking about. Um, and then we'll also give you some like updates on gold, precious metals, mining stocks, all of the information that really helps you just grow your wealth during these downfalls. You know, one thing that's also uh, needs to be spoken about is that during the Great Depression and during recessions, people make money on the way down, right? The money's there like that. That's the truth to it is that like the sharks that are out there ahead of the curve, the people like us that know where the world's going, the Ray Dalio's, the Jeff Bezos like, I'm not trying to put us in that category, but like these people know where the world's going. They're pushing it, but people like us follow it. And people like that really profit off of downturns in the market because Definitely. information, the right investments at the right time. And, you know, you grow and you save your wealth. So you're not sitting in a bread line at the end of the day because you've actually held something in gold or in Bitcoin or in Monero. And that's what makes me not happy about right now. But the truth is, is that we do thankfully have alternatives. And my family's been listening to me like a broken record for the past two years. But guess what? Bitcoin has actually weathered and preserved more wealth in terms of some growth than what's going on right now. Gold has also done the same. Silver has also done the same. Alternatives to the current fiat-based garbage system, you know, has done well. So, you know, I think we have that value to provide to people. Yeah, and you know, these conversations that we're having, it's not that it's going to save you or anything like that, but no. the conversation that we're having might actually... It might actually trigger a thought in your mind This is like, oh, wait a minute, you go and you do some research and then you might have an idea that might help you create some wealth for yourself or might help you with a business idea, something like that. Because, you know, Joe and I have conversations and all that. We're always trying to come up with, you know, new ideas, but conversations alone trigger ideas in others. And 
we need to try to figure, we have to hack what's going on because we can't go and look back at the recession and say, hey, this is how Jeff Bezos and other entrepreneurs made money off of that recession. I'm going to recycle that idea to see if I can make some millions right now or thousands, whatever it is. That probably was not going to work because that situation is very different from right now. Same thing, right? Great Depression. People came out wealthy in the Great Depression. And people came out wealthy in the pandemic of 1918. Hey, we have all of that wrapped into one right now. And it's not going to be the same. We need to figure out what's happening right now, decipher whatever information's out there, and come to an open source conclusion of how, hey, how us as a group could figure out how we could, you know, eat over the next year or two or three and eat well. Right. That's what we are. We're going to try to figure out, you know, we can have open forums, you know, we could feed each other information. You know, this is, a, you know, like a family. We'll, we'll try to ex- extend as much ideas as we can so that we could all eat, because at the end of the day, it comes down to that. We are in a situation that's unforeseen. We don't know what's going on right now. People are telling me, hey, you know, this is, this is the best time to buy stocks and all that. Well, sure, if you're day trading, if you know how to read candlesticks and all that, you have solutions to actually trade right in the moment, yeah. But if you're doing what, you know, buying stocks for the long term and all that, do you even know what you're doing? You might, but is this actually the perfect time to buy? Maybe not, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody knew that tomorrow negative $35 was going to be a price for, for oil here in America, right? Nobody knew that was gonna happen. There's only a small percentage of people that had an idea, but a very small percent. Out of seven billion people, it was a tiny percent that actually had an idea. And people didn't even have their ears to the ground to those people, right? So if we could continue to try to figure this out while time goes on, you have your fingers on the pulse, then you can react to that, put some ideas and put some voices out there to you know go around it. Because there has to be a way we need to see. There's going to be more things that are going to happen. The economy has not opened up completely. We have not seen the wounds of the, of what has happened with this. So there's going to be a lot of chaos. In the chaos, money could be made. But we need to actually look into the future, not in the past. We look at the past as power for the future. We know in the past that there has been economic downturns and the positives and negatives of that. We could use that as a gauge. So what could happen? Well, we're not sure. So, you know, let's figure that out here. And I think that's the benefit of following the nonconformists. You know, if you've been following us since September, you've seen that these events and these ideas, we've talked about this entire time. We've talked about gold when it was at $1,400 an ounce. Now it's at $1,750. You know, we've been talking about crypto. Uh, that's the value that you get out of actually, you know, following us. So, um, like Mike said, we'll have a private group open where you can ask us anything. You can collaborate with each other. Um, we'll be able to post commentary in there. Uh, you'll have access to all of our content. You'll also have access to a monthly newsletter uh, that will talk about gold, gold stocks, mining stocks. Uh, we'll have a cryptocurrency section where I'll give an overview on the market and where you know I think things are going. You'll have access to extended Q&As with that. Um, and then on top of that, I'll look into the trade signals as well. But, you know, what, what Mike is referring to as well and, and us as well, this is a community event here. We're all in this together. Um, but you need some knowledge on how to navigate the water. And, you know, that's one of the benefits of having us navigate that for you um, and just being a part of this whole movement. I think it's very, very important. 
Yeah, you know, we talk, there's so much information and there's so little time and we're trying to go off of whatever we are able to actually decipher. Sometimes even we might be wrong and it will be nice, you know, to actually get real better information, send it along. And then we could really use that to be like, okay, because we want to learn. We don't want to be like, oh, we know everything. No, we don't. We are trying to learn as much as we can. We do think that we know way more than what the damn mainstream media does. You know, that, yes. But, hey, that's why we want an open source type of forum here. We want people to communicate. We want a community. We want to educate each other. We're trying to set ourselves aside from the sheep. We don't want to be with the sheep. The sheep are just going to lead us down a cliff. And I don't like cliffs, all right? <laughs> so, you know, I want to live I want to live well. I don't want to be falling down a cliff with all these sheep blindly. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't think society should be there, but they actually are doing it. We're seeing it. We're seeing people blindly following political leaders and corporate leaders and all of that bullshit leading us through to a path of destruction and then you know, pretty much, you know, letting us fend for ourselves, like, hey, hey, uh, you know, um, go figure it out. You have no job now. You know, what are you going to do about it? Try to get unemployment. Probably won't get it. You know, like, so what are you going to do? We don't know. But this is why we need to have these conversations to see how we could get these crumbs that these elitists are dropping off, right, and decoding what's going on through real sources we got WikiLeaks out there, right? WikiLeaks, they post a lot of things when it has to do with, you know, um, governments with their lies and, you know, corporations with their lies. And you could actually, you use all of that information to be like, wait a minute, what they're saying is not real. And, you know, you have the market, you have science, technology, all of that is wrapped together as one system. You start seeing the truths within all that, you have a way better picture than what they're demonstrating to you if you're able to really pinpoint those things and make a, a better assumption than what you're doing through the lies then you'll be better prepared to what will happen and you won't feed into the bullshit that they're giving you because while you're eating that bullshit you're not actually feeding yourself with nutrition you're just putting junk food in you if you want to be better prepared for the future then start eating better stuff you know and better knowledge you'll get something way way you know better for yourself all right mike i think that's going to be it for today awesome so guys thank you for uh, listening to our uh our conversation today any questions any comments send it along we'll try to get to them as soon as we can follow subscribe to our newsletter and joe nonconformist.io so we'll, yeah, we'll post a link again. That website's totally launched now. We've got a store on there of re recommended products, handpicked products by us, um, nutritional supplements, tools that we use, outdoor stuff, what we follow. It's the nonconformist shop, so you know you'll find a lot of funny stuff in there. Uh, but we'll let you know on the newsletter. Subscribe. You know if you like us, share us. That's it, man. We love y'all.